Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1313. I always say yes. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from San Francisco, California, Peter Nielsen. Hey, Peter, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I'm all strapped in, ready to go. All right. Peter Nielsen is the CEO of WheelWell, the number one social marketplace for the automotive enthusiast that helps you easily find and purchase the very best products for your vehicles. Peter was born into an automotive family and his career has included Equities Trading, a record label, a business intelligence firm, a mobile payment solution provider, and a Sonoma County winery. Very eclectic background. I like this. Before joining WheelWell, he developed the automotive parts business for one of the most successful racing teams in North America, K-Pax Racing. And in his spare time, you'll find Peter on the track clicking off laps in one of his race cars. So, Peter, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your interesting career? And a very obvious passion for automobiles. Yeah, I've been in and out of all sorts of industries and companies uh, throughout my career. There's always been a passion for automobiles and cars and and particularly race cars, uh, anything that goes fast. And so that's that's really I'm I'm fortunate to be in the point of my career where this is now the the complete focus and uh, even more fortunate to have found my way to wheel well, which I think is in the process of of changing the lives of how automotive enthusiasts interact with uh, companies and each other. Um, and I think it's it's blazing the path for for something new and exciting. So Absolutely. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about WheelWell and about you. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires in your case, smoking, since you like to be on the track. So, Peter, take the wheel. I always say yes to everything. Um, mm. if, if anything, that is the one mantra. And that's probably why my career has been all over the place, whether it's through tech firms or automotive or equities trading or record label or winery. I always say yes. And sometimes that gets you into trouble. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes maybe not. Sometimes you'll end up with a little bit of success. But one of the things I think it's important is you, you'll take something away from it. You're going to learn something from it. And so that's that's kind of my mantra. I always say yes. You know, I love this. Uh, Sir Richard Branson, of course, very successful and uh, was obviously uh, in the music business like you were, Virgin Records and Airlines and all the other things he's done. I think he has a similar quote to that in this vein of, if you have an opportunity, take it, figure out how to do it later. How would you reply to somebody that says, well, I have this opportunity, but I've never done that before. I'm scared. Why should I say yes? I think in order to be successful in anything you do, there has to be a, a good balance between passion, but also a good, uh, a good amount of naivety. Because I'll take an example, the winery that me and my wife started seven, eight years ago, La Pichune. Mm-hmm. If I knew today uh, what I, you know, if I knew today, then uh, maybe that wouldn't have been a journey that we took. The competition is is daunting. 
Uh, just here in Sonoma and Napa counties, there are 10,000 other wineries. Is that really a business you want to get into uh, where yeah. you're fighting with people with hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing budget and, and so on? Probably not. And I think, you know, I think that's that's something when you're charging after a project, when you're going after it, just being a little blind to reality is is probably a good thing. <laughs> I like that. Spell the name of your winery for us. It's La Pichune. It's L-A and then P-I-T-C-H-O-U-N-E. It's Provençal or French Provençal slang for the little one, which kind of speaks to the small production of the winery. Well, I like that. I like that very much. Well, so many people and a lot of people in the automotive industry have gone into winemaking, of course, and Dreddy comes to mind. And there's there's several others. Scott Pruitt, who's been a guest here on the show, has a winery up there just north of Sacramento, makes some, uh, creates some beautiful wine. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. But I love the whole concept of, you know, sometimes it's best not to know what you're walking into <laughs> because you might not do it just because of that alone. But the rewards at the end sound like they're worth it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I'd love to get a bottle of your wine and enjoy that with my wife. That sounds like a plan. I can hook you up with that. I'll bet you can. Would you share us a story that instigated the personal passion that you have for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy? Um, well, I think I was probably brainwashed from my birth. So I was born, <laughs> uh, as you as you mentioned earlier, I was born into an automotive family. So both my grandfather and my father were were involved with Volvo. My father ran uh, manufacturing plants for Volvo all over the world and or and assembly plants just to get the lingo correct. So anywhere uh, I spent time in Malaysia, in Belgium, in Sweden, of course, in Canada. And I also spent a lot of time racing go-karts and I really am a, a racer at heart. So that kind of led to me trying to make what I had in the driveway, which was Volvos making them go fast, and and really that's that's how the passion be, uh, begun. But really, I was brainwashed around Volvos, and um, there's still a number of Volvos in my driveway today. Have always been very cool. You know what comes to mind, of course, loving old cars is the P1800. Oh, absolutely! Just such a unique and different car. I worked with a guy for years that uh, kept buying those, but he tended to buy the ones that needed quite a bit of work. And I always say that every time he left his parking spot, he left a little piece of his car sitting there because it was literally rusting from underneath the car. But I just love the design of that car. It was so different. And of course, the old uh, TV show with Simon Simon Templeton. The Saint. The Saint, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and that car is very cool. Do you happen to have one of those or have you had one of those? I have not, but it's actually, it's in my project to-do list. So uh, my next project is is taking one of those, probably the ES version, the wagon version, and doing a modern engine transplant. So taking maybe a a motor from an S60R and putting it in there and doing a little bit of a, uh, you know, Swedish resto mod. I like that a lot. I think that would be absent, especially the wagon uh, touring version, shooting break, as they would call it in England. But uh, right. I like it. Well, you get that get that done. I want to see that thing, okay? Uh, absolutely. And all the money you want. I don't care. Well, <laughs> Peter, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way. Share that experience. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? Yeah, I, you know, I, I spent some time thinking about this and, and, and really one of the things that, I, I mean, I think it created the foundation for, for my business career was a, uh, a startup that I was involved with in Montreal. 
um, must have been 20 years ago now. And uh, this was a company that w- that focused on, they had a new take on um, how to sell and equip police cars. And, uh, and it was a startup and uh, they were innovative. I'll give you some background. So today, um, or police departments typically will buy all sorts of equipment from all sorts of different vendors. And so this company essentially offered a ready-to-go complete package with everything installed, uh, decals, uh, light bars, radios, computers, all that, and then leased to them at a simple monthly payment. Um, and, it, and it really helped out smaller police departments. But I was involved with that company. And uh, one of the things I learned there uh, was really around what not to do. And I think this is probably one of the, you know, it's one of the better lessons you can have in any sort of career, and especially learning it firsthand and seeing it firsthand, which is probably the best way to learn something. But here was a company that really had gotten a a nice investment and they had been, they had spent all the money or the majority of the money making a building nice and buying inventory before there were any sales or anything like that. Um, and ultimately. Um, it was the, the founder's obsession to create a, almost a facade of something that looked good and that was seemed to be successful before it even was. And ultimately the, the company went under because of this. And it was my first encounter with bankruptcy that one day you're told, oh, this company no longer exists. You don't have a job. You can go home now. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, that, that 2020 hindsight, you go, Oh yeah, I see that now. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. It really gave me an interesting insight because after that I was, I was involved with a number of technology startups and it always, always led me to, okay, what do their finances look like? What, what are they thinking? How are they going to use their money? Are they going to build a big fancy building and buy a bunch of inventory? Are they going to buy a hundred cars up front? And so I think that that's something that stuck with me. And it's one of those things, especially when you're when you're a young kid, you know, that shock of all of a sudden your life being turned upside down. And now what do you do? That's something that sticks with you. And so if it's something you can take from that and learn from that, that's going to be very powerful. And it's going to be a strength for you going forward in your career. Now, I know you're young when this happened or younger in your career, but were there any when you now that you have the the wonders of hindsight and the joy of hindsight, were there any things about that experience looking back that you said, you know what, something smelled fishy, looked fishy, didn't feel right, but I just ignored it? Yeah, of course. Um, I was also not a a person of in power, right? And, you know, I was in my mid 20s and late 20s, maybe. And you would assume that the the people that you were working for that are older and more experienced actually do have the wherewithal knowledge and understanding of the situation that they are making the correct decisions. In this rare case, uh, they actually weren't. It's it's hard when you know you're you don't really have a stake or investment. You're simply an employee. But you know what do you do? Do you stand up and and especially some of the people in or the the one person who running running the show had quite a temperament. So yeah, um, yeah, didn't want to hear that truth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and we see a lot of this or saw a lot of this, especially during tech booms, where companies got venture capital money, investment money, angel money, whatever they however they raise their money. And they just went to town and started spending it. And some spent it very wisely, and those companies were successful. And others did exactly what you said. They created these wonderful places. I just remember 
having people working for me and the company I was with who left to go to work for some of these companies, like, well, they have pool tables and ping pong tables and they have a sushi bar on Fridays. And I'm going, but what are they doing? What are they selling? I mean, what are their, did you even ask them about their financials? Because I'll tell you, I hired lots of people in my past careers. And I think I only had one person ever asked about the financials of the business. And that was a CFO that I hired. Thank goodness he asked for it, right? Um, yeah. But uh, so many people never ask. And when they look around and go, wow, this is a fancy place. Everything must be really good here. Maybe not. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, I yeah. mean, I remember the I remember the, the so-called uh, good old tech days back in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and I remember going to... Almost on a weekly basis, I would go to these venture capital, uh, you know, someone has had successfully raised around and then they spent half a million dollars just celebrating on that on the party, celebrating the fact that they had raised the round. Yeah. And I remember one of my first one of the first times I went to one of these parties, it was a huge mansion up on on Pacific Heights in San Francisco and whether it's some house that was rented or it was part of one of the investors, I don't know. But there were, you know, there was a line of 10, 12 Lamborghinis outside and, you know, the champagne was flowing and, and, and they hadn't even sold anything yet. You know, there was, there was hardly even a, a product that had been developed. But, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of live in the moment and then maybe the day after you're like, okay, hold on. So, how yeah. are they actually going to make money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think things have changed quite radically from those good old days, as you quite say. But uh, yeah, quite a bit for sure. People are a lot more careful. Great story. A great lesson learned. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Yeah, I, it was, uh, you know, it's one of those cars. Now, mind you, I was, I was brainwashed with Volvos, but I did have... Ever since I was a, a very young kid, a special soft spot in my heart for Lotuses and in, in particular the Lotus Esprit. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I remember like rewatching scenes from James Bond movies with this car <laughs> in it over and over again and, yeah. and, and reading up on it and, and all the stats and everything like that. And I remember the very first time I, I sat in one, it was at a a car show in, in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I must have been eight or nine years old. And it was just, oh my God, and amazing and so on. Fast forward a few years and I was just, I just uh, sold my record label. Didn't make very much money on it, but I essentially took all of that money and I went down to the, to the Lotus dealer in, in London where I was living at the time. And I, uh, plunked down all that money on a silver on black Lotus Esprit S4S <laughs> nice. and drove out of that that afternoon. It was one of those things. It was a, a dream and a, and a passion and a culmination of that uh, for 25 odd years that yeah. suddenly I was able to realize. And, and foolishly, I spent pretty much all the money I made on that record label sale on just that one car. Well, we do those things every once in a while, you know, yes. <laughs> that's what we do. The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, some great chase scenes there. And I always remember that that little warning sticker on his Lotus that said uh, anti-theft device. The guy breaks the window and the car explodes. Yep. <laughs> I, like, yep. I loved it. I loved it. Yep. How about Seller's Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you wish you still had? Well, I just, well, just recently, not that recently now, I guess must have been about three years ago, I had Another, you know, this more a Volvo, 
but uh, a car that I had my eye on for a long time, and it was a an S60R. And I, I was just, uh, you know, I was enthralled with something that was all-wheel drive and a six-speed manual and, mm-hmm. and had some go to it. And I spent a lot of money making it have even more go. And so I had turbo upgrades and intercooler and bigger wheels and bigger brakes and, and all of that good stuff. And, and I spent a, that car spent a good deal of time on the track. And I really liked it. And I really got it to the point where it was, you know, it was handling well and, you know, that that little uh, smile when you, when you overtake Ferraris and other exotics <laughs> down the straight yeah. in a in a Volvo yeah. and and more more so maybe the look on the person driving that car when they get passed by a Volvo that, that was always my kind of my secret little uh, secret um, little uh, yeah track track monster that's funny yeah, yeah. I can't imagine some guy you're like what the heck is going on with that guy so but I did end up selling that a few years ago and. Uh, yeah, I wish it was back in my driveway. That was a mistake. No doubt. Well, I would love for you to share with our listeners a lot more about WheelWell. Tell us about this company, all the great things that's offered there, why an automotive enthusiast should go to WheelWell.com. WheelWell was uh, a culmination of, or a dream or a passion of the two co-founders, uh, Andrew and Michael, who founded it just over three years ago. And it was really, it's a place for automotive enthusiasts to come and upload their ride, pictures of it, all the parts they put on it, really to to not only share, but also as a way to actually track what they've done to their car, um, essentially replacing that manila envelope that where we keep all our receipts on, on all our projects and so on. But more than so, Wheelwell has become this inspirational platform. So for instance, if you have a 2013 BMW M3 or even a, a custom hot rod, maybe an old Camaro, or something like that, and you want to see what what other people have done to their Camaro or to their to their M3. This is now the place. You know what wheels did they put on it, and more in particular, you know what big brake kit did they put together with those wheels? What could fit together? What suspension did they use? So Wheelwell is very much an inspirational platform where you can go and and find what other people have done to their rides, but then also have the ability to purchase those rides. So this has been a you know, this community has grown uh, incredibly quickly. We now have over a million unique members on the site, and that's growing aggressively every day. And we're adding constantly new manufacturers and new parts. Uh, we currently have 250,000 uh, parts on our site that are for sale. And we work closely with our membership to, you know, get them great deals and so on on those parts. It's, it's really this, uh, one of the things that I'm most excited about and that we just launched this week is you know we're we're enhancing product pages your regular online product pages uh, like they've never been done before so if you're looking on a, at a particular part say a, a sway bar for uh for a um, corvette now you can actually see on this on the part page where you can buy this now you can see all the members who have actually previously bought this sway bar so whether it's tom and dave and and, and alan and so on you can see what they look like on their car. You can see their installation photos of this part. You can interact with them. You can ask them what they think about this. Uh, you can see their reviews. They can, you can see what, uh, what they paid for it. You can see where they got it installed. So all this information that's actually gathered from our community, from our community to the benefit of our, uh, to benefit our community, mm-hmm. uh, that's the real power of Wheelwell. And that's why I'm so ex- excited about it. You know, finally, we're taking... So all that data we have out there as enthusiasts, and we're using it to our own benefit. 
to help everyone else. Love it. I love it. And people can find it by going to wheelwell.com, correct? Wheelwell.com. Yeah. There you go. Love it. Well, check it out. I'll put a link on Peter's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Peter, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. Hey, fellow automotive enthusiasts, you know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products since 1975. That's right, all the way back to my high school days. Want to keep your vehicle's exterior and interior looking new? It's easy with a Covercraft car cover. A car cover is the best way to keep your vehicle looking great for years to come. Car covers protect your paint from fallout, birds, dust, rain, insects, and pollen. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. I use my Covercraft car covers every single day. Right now, you can get 10% off all Covercraft custom car covers or their ready-fit car covers, plus they offer you over 15 quality fabrics to choose from. Their spring sale is from April 15th through June 16th, 2019. Order direct at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Okay, Peter, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you today. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, you actually were manifested as a car, not as you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a car, what would Peter be and why? Well, I'm I'm probably not the the flashiest person in the world, so um, and I'd probably have to go back to my roots. So I'm probably a wagon, but I'm probably a very fast wagon. Probably, uh, you know, maybe a slightly older Volvo station wagon with uh, six, seven, eight hundred horses under the hood. I think probably <laughs> probably perso- personifies who I am as a person and and how I you know I, I like to be faster and, and than I am showy. There you go. I love it. Well thought out. Well, we are entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Volvo wagon throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? That's a that's a tough one. I, I think you know because I've lived in in the the tuning world with lots of aftermarket parts. It's always it's always that you got to go for quality. I think all of us in in this world have had experience where. You've you've kind of maybe gone for that cheaper choice, and in the end, it's you know it's really expensive to to develop 
quality parts uh, and quality parts that are made with quality components and materials and so on. And so I think the one that I've always taken to heart and the ones that I always preach is if you're building a a, a quality project that you truly love, then you got to make sure that you always get the the, the quality brand and, and the best possible part you can for that. It's a lesson my dad taught me when I was young. I grew up in Southern California and I love surfing and I wanted to buy my first new surfboard. I'd always had hand-me-down boards and used boards and I'd saved up some money and we went into a surf shop and I picked out a board and he goes, well, is that what you really want? And I go, no, I really want one of those, but they cost more. And he said, well, then wait and save up and get what you really want. Don't just get something that'll appease you today because tomorrow you wish you hadn't done it. And I remember at the time, like, but I want a new board today, you know, that childhood, you know, like now, now, now I want instant gratification, but it's always stuck with me and it's always paid me back. Wait until you can afford what you really want and the best. Uh, It's worth it. Even if it means more, more time, more sacrifice, it's always better in the end. So well said. How about a personal habit? Would you share one of yours that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I think it just comes down to to grit and hard work and, and everything you do. I think I'm smart enough to know that I am not the, the smartest person out there in the world. I simply use grit and hard work as as the, the factor that evens me out with everyone else. I know that, you know, and, and I think it's that that motivation and that stamina that how I can differentiate myself. If I can get something done just a little bit quicker or work a little bit harder to actually get it done today rather than tomorrow, in any, anything and everything that I've possibly done, whether it's been in the music industry or the automotive industry or, or even finance industry, it's just, you know, you, you bust your balls and you work a little bit harder. And uh, in the end, it, it really does pay off. Now, did you know my dad or something? Because here's another one of those lessons he taught me and I was so fortunate. He said, hey, you may not be the smartest guy in the room, but if you can outwork everybody, you'll always come out ahead. So show great- up. Yeah, show up before the boss does and stay until the boss leaves and treat your job like you own the company and it'll always serve you well. It's a great equalizer. And it's certainly, especially when you're getting into a new project or a new industry where you may not have all that knowledge, but on the way to acquiring that knowledge, you know, that hard work and that grit, that's that's what's going to get you there. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. How about a resource? I have a feeling I know what research you're going to tell us to use today. Yeah, I, I mean, I uh, I changed my entire life. I, I uh, left K-Pax Racing to go to Wheelwell and join Wheelwell uh, because it's, you know, it's a platform that I truly believe in that, you know, I joined them because I, I thought it was going to be a genuine benefit to, to me and all the people in this industry that I know. And so, yeah, it's wheelwell.com. And just for those same reasons that I mentioned before of, you know, now being able to see what other people like me are doing to their rides. It's an, it's an incredible platform and it's, and it's an incredible community of, of passionate folks. I love the whole concept of community. Now, how about if I could sit down, arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Well, it had to be some sort of an F1 driver, um, okay. whether it's, uh, you know, someone like a, a Michael Schumacher or a Ayrton Senna or a uh, Juan Manuel Fangio and, and maybe more, maybe more so the, the, the racers that ran these races that ran these race cars back in the sixties and seventies where, uh, your life was truly in peril the moment you got into that race car. 
to have an understanding of the mindset of of such a person who is really truly risking their lives for that one tenth of a second, um, I think is amazing and and uh, something that I've always been enamored with. I know you think about Senna, Joe Villeneuve. I mean, those two guys that just went in it. Of course, uh, Nicky Lauda, who we just recently lost. Yeah, and uh, there's so many of them that uh, James Hunt. I mean, they they got into cars every weekend and. Usually one or two guys were seriously hurt or we lost. And uh, I can't imagine that mindset. I, th- I think if you talk to any of them, I talked to Jackie Stewart a little bit when I was at the Pebble Beach Concord years ago. I, I was lucky enough to sit next to him in the judges platform for the uh, winning cars. And uh, I asked him that question because he was a steward of safety, still is today. And yep. he said, you know, when you get in a car back in those days, you never thought it'd be you. It's always going to be somebody else. It would never. It was never going to be you. you. You couldn't think about about it that way. Otherwise, you couldn't do it. Yeah, and I think that has to be the the absolute mindset. It's it's interesting you mentioned Jackie Stewart. Actually, he is probably the one person that got me into racing when I was once again when I was living in in Malaysia. This was uh, 1981, I believe. He was working for Goodyear at the time, and mm-hmm. Goodyear had just released the NCT tire, which was their new high-performance tire. And he was going around the world promoting this. And so myself and, and my father and a number of other, other people in within the automotive industry in Malaysia had been invited to the track just outside of Kuala Lumpur. And I had the honor of being driven around this track at great speed in a, a Volvo 240 with Goodyear NCT tires. And <laughs> and that was my, you know, my first real experience with someone truly going as fast as that car possibly could around a corner. And it actually, the next, that very summer, I started racing go-karts in, oh. Swe- in Sweden. Cool. <laughs> very cool. I love it. What a great story. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with the Cars Yell listeners? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I don't have that much time, unfortunately, to read very many books. The very last book I read uh, maybe wasn't the greatest book in the world, but it appealed to me because of its title, and that was The Art of Racing in the Rain. And, you know, it combines uh, a dog, which I have, with cars that I'm passionate about. And I just recently saw that they're going to make a movie out of it. But yeah, it was it was a cute little tale about, you know, racing from a dog's perspective. I'll tell you something. Garth has been a guest on the show. He lives up here in the Pacific Northwest where I live, and I got okay. to meet him uh, a couple of years ago at a book signing and invited him to be on the show, and he said yes. And he talked about that they wanted to make a movie out of that show. And, of course, this August 9th, the movie is coming out, finally, after years and years uh, of work and trying to make that happen. I hope that the movie's as good as the book. I loved the book. I mean, it just tugs on your heartstrings. And uh, if you love dogs and you go to this movie, you better better bring a a hanky or tissue because you're going to have tears in your eyes uh, because it's got some pretty sad stuff. But uh, that is the most recommended book here on Cars, yeah, by far. Yeah, uh, that and uh, A.J. Bames, Go Like Hell. Uh, And A.J.'s been a guest on the show here, too. Great uh, book about the racing fight between Ford and Ferrari. So check it out. Yeah, check it out, listeners, on Peter's show notes page. I'll put links to everything he shared with us today on carsyad.com. Just type Peter Nielsen in the search bar and his page will pop up. All right, Peter, we're up to the checkered flag, a place that you've been many times since you've been on the track. 
This last question can be a bit of a doozy, though. Did I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet? Doesn't matter who owns it or where it is. I'm going to park it in your garage. But there's a couple rules of this game that make it a bit of a challenge. One that probably is not a challenge for you is no garage queens. You have to drive the car. I can't sit and collect dust. The other is you can't sell it to finance your business or your car collection or your winery. You have to keep it. So that little trick's off the table. But last but not least, it's the only cool collector car you can have in your garage. That's what makes it hard. So what's it going to be? Well, it's going to have to be a Formula One car. It would probably have to be a a Ferrari, a V12 Ferrari F1 car, maybe one that Michael Schumacher drove and and won with. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, that could cost a little little bit, but that's okay. You're going to have to open up your checkbook for me. Yeah, I've done that many times, 1,312 times actually before this. I'll tell you something fun, though. Um, I got to spend three days at the Ferrari factory back in uh, 2011. Gosh, it's been that long now. I was uh, at their Ferrari Cliente division where they have uh, their members or their their Cliente clients, if you will, that own Formula One cars. You can go there, drive the car in the track. They have all these uh, people there to help you. And, of course, they were just at Laguna Seca at the Ferrari weekend there, and a lot of the people, they send over factory reps and so forth. But getting to be there at the track there, and they have this room in the back with all these Ferrari F1 cars lined up. I'll send you some pictures of it. It's absolutely incredible. I bet. I think I could pick you a car from that lot. There's a couple of them in there. So uh, I'll I'll do that for you. Yeah, and of course, the V12s back in the day, the, the sound of ripping canvas, as I always said. That's the right car to pick. So, mm. oh, my goodness. Very nice. Well, I'll get to work on that, Peter. You've taken us on All a right. great Thank ride you. today. You're welcome. Uh, I'll exchange that Ferrari for a bottle of your fine wine. How does that sound? That That's sounds a, like a great deal. Pretty good deal. Really enjoyed your stories. I'm very excited to learn more about Wheelwell and offer this experience and the knowledge of Wheelwell to my listeners out there that haven't heard of it already. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Did you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that Ferrari V12? You know, I've been fortunate enough to be able to pursue a lot of my passions, whether it's uh, wine or cars and racing or music. All those three are are kind of in my top three. And I think, uh, you know, to be both successful and happy in life, I think it's incredibly important to to really go after your dreams, to go after your passion and work hard for it. You know, life is really, really short. You know, if you have this particular passion or, or, or opportunity that you want to pursue, working for your own passion. Absolutely. Well said. And what's the best way for, again, for our listeners to follow along with what you're involved in these days? Well, uh, the easiest thing is just to go to wheelwell.com and uh, join the community, upload your ride, upload pictures, and help you know, share your project with with other people that's perhaps going down that same route. And uh, maybe you can learn something from them or, or maybe they can learn something from what you've done with your automotive project. Absolutely. I'll make sure to put a link to that. And I'll put a link to Peter's winery. I'm going to have you pronounce it because your French is probably better than mine. That again is? La Pichune Winery. La Pichune Winery. I'll make sure to put a link to that. Check it out. Enjoy a nice bottle of wine. Open up the wheelwell.com website. Sit back and go for a ride. You're going to be there for a while. I absolutely guarantee it. It's a wonderful place to go. Join the community. Be a part of it. Share what you have to share and learn from others. Peter, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your many experiences with the Cars Yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road.
thank you very much and have a great day. <laughs> you as well. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.